Hey, welcome back to BU. I'm so happy to be with you again. So if you are someone who is used to episodes about personal growth and finding our real self, et cetera, et cetera, I can't wait to see how you respond to this episode. So even if our guest Sally Wallace did not have the most amazing and hilarious podcast called Adventures of a Geriatric Mom, I would have had her on this show because she is one of my dearest friends. The interesting thing is she's one of my dearest and most favorite friends in the world. She lives across the world, across the pond, as they say, all the way in England. But the funny thing is we've only met one time in person. Our entire relationship has been through Instagram and WhatsApp, etc. And I knew I would have her on this show because when every time I communicate with Sally, I laugh so hard. And then we'll take a left turn very quickly and go very, very deep. And I have cried with her and I have giggled with her. And I mean, <laughs> you'll see, she is one of the funniest people I've ever met. She is so creative, so intelligent, so quick-witted. And there's something about the Brits. They can have this horrible potty mouth and it somehow does not come across as trashy or crass or inappropriate. So if you are not okay with F-bombs and any swearing, make sure you don't have any little people around. But let me first tell you about Sally's podcast because it is it is pretty amazing what she has created. So I don't remember if we say this in the episode, but Sally's pretty humble. So I will brag on her and tell you that she was one of the top radio presenters in England for a very long time. She was in radio for 14 years. And then that career came to an abrupt end, which she will explain in this conversation. At that point, Sally accepted that that was the end of her lifelong passion with the mic. In fact, at the time, she felt like it was the end of everything. It was devastating to her. Years of dedicating time and energy and love into that career. And then it was just over in one brief sentence. And if you know my story, I can very much relate to that. So in Sally's words, what was she to do now? What could she do? Wait a minute. <laughs> I want to say it in her accent. Doesn't everything happen for a reason? After years of struggling with fertility, was this the sign that Sally needed? Hmm. Eventually, she became a mother at 40 years old via IVF and something called ICSI, I-C-S-I, and changed her career completely by stepping into the unexpected arena of the automotive industry. No one saw that one coming. Yet she could not get away from her lifelong passion for conversation. So she bought a microphone with the intent of starting a podcast. Consumed with self-doubt and fear, she was holding back on launching the podcast that she was dreaming of. And she ended up sticking the mic in a cupboard. Having never seen a psychic before and always being very skeptical of them, she felt compelled to go to one. And the signs were all there. She sat with this psychic who told her that there was a microphone at home in Sally's cupboard and she needed to use it. She was told by the psychic that Sally was here and I so agree to help people laugh and to cry with them, to tell stories and to inspire. Adventures of a Geriatric Mom podcast was born the very next day. Sally's podcast was initially to break down the taboos surrounding fertility but it has become so much more. It's a place to hear incredible stories of women, women helping women, professionals who can help in all areas of life from fertility to menopause. I mean, she talks about why she found herself having crystals in her bra. And this podcast of hers has become a place to laugh out loud and have a good cry in the car. Sally, and I can attest to this as her friend, is brutally honest. She is open and she shares stories from her own personal journey and invites you to share yours as well. Warning, her podcast is infectious. Expect smiles, laughs, plenty of potty mouth and a warm welcome to the Good Vibe tribe. So here is my amazing, beautiful, wonderful, brilliant, fucking hilarious friend, Sally Wallace. There is nothing more inspiring than a woman being unapologetically herself. 
The answers are all in your heart. She's waiting, she's waiting, she's waiting for you to set her free. Welcome to BU Podcast. I'm Jill Herman and I am so glad you're here. I was broke, insecure, and craved approval. But with grit, hustle, and sacrifice, I still built a successful multi-million dollar business. 10 years in, burnout, I slowed down and looked inward. In that silence, I discovered that the same level of success could have come to me with much less effort and so much more joy. That's when I threw out the expectations of the world and chose to unbecome every single thing I thought I was supposed to be. And the real me was uncaged. It was far from easy. And in this podcast, I'll offer my entire journey as a roadmap so that if you're ready, you can finally be you. Okay, so I'm like really excited to introduce you to my friend Sally. This is the first episode I've ever had on BU in two years now, where it's just been letting you in on a conversation between a friend and myself. And she's a very special friend. That made you sound really funny. She's special. (laughs) Sally is very special. (laughs) But you're going to find out very quickly why I adore Sally. So we'll get into our story in a minute. But Sally, say hello to everybody. Oh, hello. Oh, Jill, I can't tell you how excited I am. Thank you so much. So I I bragged about you before we hit record, but I'd like you to tell everybody a little bit about Sally. And you might think, why do they care? They'll care. You have an interesting story. And what's your history in radio and all that stuff? Bloody hell, where the hell do I start, to be honest with you? So uh, obviously, my name is Sally. As you can tell from my accent, I'm obviously not from the United States of America. My name's not Lovely. (laughs) Here we go. See, it's already started. It has already started. (laughs) This is why I needed to have you on here, you guys. She makes me pee my pants. It's just the accent. It's the she's fucking hilarious. And I'm going to have to mute myself because I'm going to interrupt her 150 times. Because when she starts talking about Karen and the soccer moms. Sorry. Okay. So you're from England. Okay. Oh my God. Fuck me. Not joke, Cameron. For God's sake, put your fanny pack back on. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I live in the UK. I live in the north of England, actually. I've got the biggest fucking jumper on this evening. Do you say sweater? You say sweater, don't you? You got to get a sweater on. Sweater weather. Sweater weather. Yeah. So I've got a big fucking sweater (laughs) on. It's so cold. It's not that cold, but well, I, I feel I feel the cold. Oh, do you know what? I'll get onto that in a minute because I've realized that the cold is a comfort zone bullshit thing. And ugh, I've started cold water swimming, but that's that's another story I'll tell you about in a minute. So yeah, I'm I'm married. I'm a married woman. Oh my goodness, I love the fact I can say that. And I have a little boy who's three and a half and he's called Roman and he's just gorgeous. And I'm a dog mum as well. So I've got two stinky old Jack Russells who they smell a bit now. They smell, the older they get, they smell. And they're as grumpy as fuck. They really, one of them's just, if you sit too close, she's a right shit. Um, <laughs> but I love her all the same. <laughs> so I, I already told them about your podcast and I've actually mentioned your podcast before. So they know what your podcast is. But for those of them who've never actually listened, how did that come to be? And just brag a little bit. You're so humble. Just she had a very successful career in radio. What did you do? Okay, so I was a radio presenter for 14 years. So I went to university. I did the whole thing that you thought you were supposed to do when you were younger. And in my generation, I was born in 1978. So for me, it was, uh, I want you to go to university, Sally. I mean, I didn't know what the fuck I wanted to do, but I just had to go really because it's what my parents wanted. So I went to university. And then when I left, I didn't know what the fuck to do. I just got pissed. Pissed, by the way, is drunk in the UK for three years. So I just pissed for three years. And then um, I moved out to America, actually. Went and worked for Walt Disney World in Florida. And then after that, I moved back to the UK. And I thought, oh, do you know what? I'm going to become a radio presenter. And that's exactly what I did. <laughs> so I just um, knocked on doors and I got turned down by a lot of people. But I thought, bugger it, I'm going to do this. And so I just made myself a demo CD at the time. It wasn't cassettes. It was a CD. Just banged it out to loads of different stations. And then yeah, within a few years, I, well, actually within a couple of months, I had a big gig. And then I just, at the end of my career, I had the biggest drive show in Manchester, which is like the, well, I like to say the best city in the UK. It's fucking immense, Manchester. 
And then um, at the age of 36, I uh, parted ways with the company. So it all happened. But I think when I when I didn't get my contract renewed, I think that was it for me. I thought that was it. I'm done with radio. 14 year career of just sacrificing everything just for this career. But I loved it. And I learned so much from it. I learned an awful lot from it. And actually, it was towards the end of that, that I got involved with network marketing, which is where I actually met you as well, Jill. So I have dabbled in a bit of that as well. That's how you and I met really was because you were on a call that I was, I was in a team and you were on a call and it was like, you've got to listen to this lady, Jill Herman. She's absolutely smashing it in the United States of America. (laughs) And I I remember listening to you and I just thought, she's a fucking legend. I don't know about that. Everyone who listens to my show has heard my whole story about that. I was all about no boundaries and goals, goals, goals and trying to find my worth through achievement. I got addicted to the hustle and I was a star. So if you're addicted to all that stuff I just said in network marketing, you're a star. You're a legend. Because if you're fucked up, (laughs) you have all those issues and you will and you will work yourself to death with no boundaries. You will rise to the top. So that's where Sally met me. Well, I was at the top. Yeah, no, I didn't have any success at all, to be honest with you. I didn't. And do you know what, Jill? The reason why you were a fucking legend is because you just, probably you don't even think this at the time, but you did. At the time, you had a great banter. You've always had great banter, no mm, matter what. Thank you. Banter, you know what banter is, don't mm-hmm. you? Like, good fucking sense of humor. You've always had a good sense of humor, even though you might have been like now. And I'm the same. So I look back, right? And I'm like, what the fuck? I used language that I would never fucking say to somebody on a daily basis. Can we just go there? Okay, let's do, do you that. Know what I mean? Let's talk about that. So <laughs> in this industry of it's remember, it's it's not multi-level marketing. We are not multi-level marketing. Is it MLM? Nope. Nope. It's everything but MLM. And let me tell you how and why. It's all multi-level marketing. <laughs> it's network marketing, direct sales, all I didn't that even stuff. know any of that. Oh God, I could have told you I had a whole script. And I believed it. I bought into it. I really believed we're not multi-level marketing. And by the way, who cares? There's nothing wrong with multi-level marketing. But yeah, so you and I have had conversations about the the things we found ourselves saying. And you're so funny. Like you have to go, you have to just off the top of your head, let's give them a few of the lines that we would say to our team. We would say to customers, we would say to each other, and we actually believed it. So what are some of the things we used to say? Because right, I, I, first of all, I have to say that I'm so grateful that I was involved in it because otherwise I would never have met you. But also, I saw it as part of my self development journey, huge part of my self development journey, and it really helped me in so many ways. But then at the same time, I you know I send it love, and I've, I've carried on in a different route now. But I am, um, yeah, I, I would say things like, and this is this is not my language. I'd like to say this is things that I wouldn't normally say to somebody else. <laughs> But I remember somebody saying to me, I don't think I can afford it. And I went, oh, you definitely need the business then. You definitely need it. That's not me. That's not Sally. I would never fucking say that to someone. <laughs> Explain that to the audience. So if they don't even know what that means, I bet. So they couldn't afford the product. And you would say, well, then you definitely need the business. What did you mean by that? You need this business. Means you need to sell it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was it. That was exactly it. And, and now when you look back, you're right. Not everybody knows that language, do they? So it's just a language that you're using when you're in that sort of arena at the time. And there's things like, you know, you've, you've got to be a product of the product. You have to be a product of the product. I mean, God, Jill, I, I remember seeing how successful you were and I, I, didn't, I didn't do very well in it at all. Oh, my God. It wasn't the fucking product of the product, Jill. Product of the... Oh, I said that to everybody. Listen, Mary. So here's the thing. You need to invest. You need to spend money to make money. And you need to invest in yourself and in your future. And by doing that, you will have success. And the way you do that is becoming a product of the product. You need to buy all the shit. You need to take it. You need to talk about it. You have plenty for samples to take out and about into the world. And if you don't do that, it's okay. But clearly that means you're not serious about your future. You know, another thing is, and and this is what we were in, like, I remember going to, I was, I can't remember who I was with, but somebody said to me, you know, if people tell you that they can't do it because of their kids, their kids are the reason you make the kid or something like that. I can't remember what the words were, but oh, go on. Yeah, go on. And what was it? It was, don't make your children the excuse, make them the reason. (laughs) I mean... I wrote, can I use the C word on your show, Jill? Absolutely. Like the C Tuesday word. Because yes. uh, I mean, honestly, if somebody has said somebody, now I'm a parent and I've got Roman now, 
I would just go, fuck off, you cheeky cunt, because that is so fucking offensive. It's so offensive. <laughs> really? <laughs> when you think I mean, about it. Like Sally said, though, and, and if you're just a first time listener, I want to make sure I say what I've said in the past. And that is, I'm also very grateful that I was in this industry. It molded me in so many ways, taught me so many lessons. I made really good money. I got out of a job I hated. So we all have we appreciation for it. We're just being a little cheeky, as she says. And but some of this is fun to laugh at now. But yeah, the whole thing of don't make your children an excuse, make them the reason. I believed that. And I would say that all day long. What were some of the other lines that we would use? Oh, God, I can't think. Do you know what it is, though? It's it's like I said about self-development. It's the one thing that really set me on a different path of self-development. And it introduced me to some incredible people, which then allowed me to really work on myself as a person. Um, so that's where I always saw it as a catalyst and like my next adventure in my life. But at the same time, it's like it's, it's the language that unless you've actually sort of been involved in it in some way, shape or form or dabbled in it a little bit, you, you don't really appreciate some of the words and the sentences that you find yourself coming out with. And that was now on reflection, I look back and I just think that that wasn't that wasn't me. But you're taught to uh, duplicate a process at the time, aren't you? And duplicatable. Oh, sorry, I just thought of another word. That isn't duplicatable. Don't do that. It's not. Is it duplicatable? Then don't do it. I want to go duplicatable isn't even a word, first of all. But that, that's exactly it. And so that's why you then find yourself using somebody else's script. It's almost like you're in a play and you're about to say your lines, but you've picked up somebody else's fucking copy and you're a bit like, these aren't my fucking words, but I'll just say them anyway. So yeah, it's, it's uh, almost like you're in a cult. Hmm. <laughs> it did teach me so, 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 so much. But at the same time, my husband hated it, like literally hated it. And it, on reflection, yeah, I, I think that it was, it could have caused an awful lot of problems in my marriage, to be fair, because I, I wasn't lazy. No, you were not lazy. You just weren't willing to be inauthentic. You weren't willing to sacrifice yourself for this carrot. And I was because I wanted the, and needed the carrot so badly. And that's why you didn't do well. It's because you weren't willing to play by those rules. I didn't want to lose my marriage. Yeah. Yeah. And do you know, another thing there is saying that though, I, I mean, God forbid, I don't think I would have ever lost my marriage because of it, but it caused an awful lot of arguments, like a, a lot of arguments. And I think that something that happened, I can't remember really what happened, but the words were spoken to me of, I think I'd said to somebody, it's just not working for me. It's just not working for me. And I don't know who it was at the time who turned around to me and said, well, then you just don't want it enough, do you? <laughs> and that to me was just like, I was so fucking wounded by that. And I came home in tears and sat with my husband and I said to him, I don't think I want it enough. And he went, no, you fucking don't. That's it. You're done. You're done. <laughs> that was it. But imagine saying that to somebody. Oh, oh, and I said worse to people. What I would say is, it's not working or you're not. Yeah, I, I'm Jill. I can't even imagine you saying Sally, the system works. Clearly, I'm an example. I can give you a hundred examples. So the question is, why isn't it working with you? You're the variable. This is what I believed, though. This is what I believed. I wasn't doing it to be mean or cruel. I really believed that. I wasn't honoring everyone's uniqueness and it was basically monkey see, monkey do. You either do exactly what we say as we say it or you're failing. And before we get off the subject, though, we do have to say, too, that we met in person at the most powerful woman and network marketing conference in Las Vegas. Yeah, do you know? <laughs> I mean, can we just right. talk I about that for say, a minute? Meeting you like actually in person was just awesome. I just, I, I can't, don't think I've ever laughed so much in my life, Jill, as much as what we did do, because we have the same sense of humor. We just, we look for the funny shit in conversations and you're like me and, you know, you're like, what the fuck is she wearing? And stuff like that, you know, and not being a nasty bitch, but just laughing at the lighter side of things. Because let's be honest, we live in a world nowadays where you can't even have fun or have a laugh or crack a joke because everybody's so fucking easily offended. We live in this world where everybody's really easy offended or sensitive. Now, I'm not knocking anybody for being sensitive, okay? Because sometimes I can be a bit oversensitive and that's fine. But sometimes people get oversensitive and offended by something that's not even fucking aimed at them. Oh, <laughs> it's just crazy. oh yeah. 
And you know what? Let's talk about this for a minute. When you were just talking about how it could have affected your marriage, can we just say something no one's willing to say? Because you and I like to say things people aren't willing to say. In the industry of MLM, whatever you want to call it, however you want to slice it, it's all MLM. In that industry, the women at the top usually leave their husbands or they retire their husband and they bring daddy home and daddy then follows in her footsteps and works with her, meaning under her, on her, on her team or as support carrying her back. I mean, can we just be real about that? That's what happens in that industry. And you're taught that. Yeah. To be honest, I wasn't in it. This is where I wasn't involved or I wasn't in it for as long as what you were, but I, I did see a number of failed marriages along the way and just thought, I don't want, I don't want that to be me. I don't, and I really did it. Scott's my husband. He did not want me. He was just like, Sully, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? And it was just constant. And on reflection now, I can see because I would go to work and I'd do my job and I would come home and start doing that job. And I genuinely wouldn't stop. So I wouldn't even spend time. And it was only just the two of us at the time. So I, I you know, and he'd been working all day. And yep, but I, I did see a lot of, yeah, that there was, there was a lot going on with people's relationships. And that's where I, I didn't want to be a statistic. Well, and the ones that get to the top, as I said, yeah, if you look, I mean, there's no debate on this. I mean, when you look at the top, the women either leave their husband or you never hear the husband's name or the husband leaves his job to quote, come home. So it's very emasculating because the questions, I remember a big leader in the company I was with said to me, and she she really meant it in, in a good way, but I was remarried, so happily married to TK. He's very successful in his own right. And she said, so do you think um, you'll ever bring TK home and he'll do what my husband's doing? And I said, no, he has his own passions and his own life and he's happy. And it wouldn't matter if he was a garbage man, if he wants to do what he wants to do. But I was so offended by that. Like, why is that always the solution? Well, guess what? Fast forward, she and her husband are divorced <laughs> and, and they're like 60s. Yeah, he ran off with somebody else when they were in their 60s and they're, they're divorced now, but she couldn't believe it. And the other thing I was told by the same person, and this is a huge leader, you know who she is, very nice person. But she said to me after I made my big speech, you know, reaching the pinnacle, you know, it's never the pinnacle. There's always a new pinnacle that you're supposed to reach. But I thought it was the pinnacle because remember, you never arrive, Sally, you never arrive. So after I did my speech, I'm like, thank God I almost died, but I didn't. You know, I get off the stage and as she hugs me, she says, well, you'll have about 24 hours before it all starts again. And I said, what do you mean? She's like, oh my gosh. She said, my mother, now think about this. She was like 60. So her mother was in her 80s. My mother will walk into my home and want to have a conversation with me. And she sees me on the phone and just walks out. She just knows. Like, oh my God, are you serious? I remember we were in our old house. We were in our old house and I'd uh, I'd had this, I'd gone out and had this meeting and, you know, we used to go to different meetings and go to different groups and everything. And then Scott would take the piss all the time. Like taking the piss is like, you know, like making fun of. Oh, okay. Thank you for the translation. When you take the piss, you actually sort of like mock somebody. And he was, you know, he's, he, I think that's what I'd, I'd come home and I'd say to him, I, I don't think I want this enough. I've basically been told tonight that I don't want it enough. And he went, well, I'm going to tell you now you don't. I said, you're putting a stop to it. And I was like, okay. Because <laughs> you're right. He has, he has a very successful business. And he said to me, don't ever expect me to get involved. I'll never, ever get involved in it. Because my husband is very matter of fact. Okay. And he it's so interesting. I can't remember who it was. He met him and went, oh, it's, it's Scott, which, um, which do you read? And he went, I don't fucking read. I'm just smart and clued up on life. Life is fucking simple. Don't complicate it. He's really Northern. That's a Northern accent, by the way, in the UK, right? Northern, which is very sexy. I'd like to say I'm a man. So he never struggles with what he does. He and his own building firm, so confrontation is something that doesn't really bother him at all. He's, you know, he's very open to it. Talking on, to people on a one-to-one basis, he's, he's very confident in that. He's very confident within himself. And, but therefore he can also, he can read people really well. I mean, honestly, the guy should have been a fucking coach. He's so good at stuff like that. He, he'd sort of, when I started doing it, I started with a very, very good friend at the time. And he th- thought exactly the same. He was like, you know, you'll be fine, be fine. Fucking hell, she's absolutely killing it because that's what it was. I'd gone for the money. But then at the same time, I, I genuinely, I'd never heard anything about it and I didn't realize what it really was. But it's like I said, you know, this, it's interesting because from that, I have gone on to 
like I really enjoy reading books about self-development because it all starts with the secret, doesn't it? Have you read the secret? See it, believe it, receive it. I'm done. Believe it or not, I've never read it and I've never seen the movie ever. People have given it to me, but I've never been drawn to it. I saw maybe five minutes of the DVD 20 years ago and I was like, this sounds really weird and I don't like it and I turned it off. Now, I believe in the law of attraction, but the secret, it was like mystical, you know, and then like I, I'm picturing a gold chain and then it appears I'm like, oh, this is, I no, I never have. I've never read it. Okay. So which ones have you read then? Have you read any of um, Abraham Hicks? Have you read any of... I listened to Abraham Hicks. I've never read yeah. any Abraham Hicks, but I listened to lots of seminars. What about Dr. Wayne Dyer? No, I know who Wayne Dyer is and I... Everything I've ever seen quoted, I think, yes, 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 amazing. But believe it or not, no, I haven't. Okay, so, oh God, I love this conversation, by the way, Jill. This is brilliant. <laughs> no, I never have. <laughs> like to see what floats your boat. You know what I read? Eckhart Tolle. That was quite, you know, hard going for me. I was a bit like, oh, fucking hell, this is full on. But it's still quite good. And I've read, um, I'm reading a lot of Vex King at the moment. Ooh. Um, but also, do you know Wim Hof? Do you guys have Wim Hof in the States? Yes. And he's the guy. Mm-hmm. So, oh, right. Okay. This is a man that I don't want to hug him, but I really want him to hug me. And <laughs> I just love Wim Hof. I have this thing about Wim. I know. I know you're laughing at me and you're, you're literally pissing yourself. And thanks for this, Jill. Cheers for this opportunity to make me look like a fucking twat. Um, but no, I really have this thing about Wim Hof. And I understand he's a big bearded man uh, with slight comb over, but it does it for me. He submerses himself in water, cold ice water. And I've started doing this recently. And it was really interesting because he was telling me every day, oh, look at me. He didn't tell me. He said it on a fucking like television program. <laughs> like, like he's my best friend and we talk all the time. Oh God, there you are fantasizing. He's talking directly to me. Do you see <laughs> him looking at me? Do you see his eyes? <laughs> and I was sucked right in. Um, he's, he was saying, you know, uh, you're going to get fear every day of your life. So you either, you don't let the fear come to you. You just go to the fear. And so I have been sat in my fucking comfort zone for far too long recently. And I was like, right, that's it. Get out of it, bitch. So I started going cold water swimming and I love it. I shit my pants every time I go. Not physically, obviously. I'm not sat there. I don't soil myself like a toddler. <laughs> not sat in my own shit. As I get... <laughs> Could you imagine? Spillage over here, spillage. <laughs> Do you see everybody? This is why I we go back and forth on Instagram every other day because I can't get enough of Miss Sally Wallace. Okay, so you shit yourself in your terms. That means basically it scares you. I'm scared. Yeah, I'm scared. I'm like, I'm scared, but I've still got to do it anyway. Um, but these are things that I love. Because Where do you swim? Where are you going? In the stream? Oh, fuck yeah. In a lake, in a lake. And I've cold water swimming in a lake. Oh, God, um, why don't you just take a cold shower? No, because it's the whole process of submersing yourself. And, and also it's the open water as well, which is another fear. So yeah. that's like, fucking get a grip, Sally. Let's do it. You're a badass. No, let's just stop on that. That is... I mean, that's like most scary movies <laughs> I'm thinking of yeah. by yourself swimming. I, you know, I have a pond in my front yard, five acre pond. There's no fucking way I'm swimming across yeah, that pond. It? No way. Are you getting your bathers on now? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I pictured moving here. I was going to be this country girl and I was going to be in my overalls and I was going to be swimming and diving into the water. Well, then I saw that the pond isn't very deep. So because the pond isn't very deep, you can feel all the seaweed and then you can feel the fish, like 16-inch bass hitting up against your legs. Nope. Ever since then, I just put my toes in and that's it. That would be a bit weird. And we have giant snapping turtles that are in our pond too. What do snapping turtles mean? What do they do? Do they bite? Oh, they could bite your finger completely off. Fuck, no yeah, It's like a miniature dinosaur. Oh, no, we have one that's like 100 years old, or at least two of them. And they make it the trek between our woods all the way to our pond. I'm going to send you a picture. You won't believe their tails are six inches long, like a dinosaur tail. Their their mouth, uh, I mean, it's, you're huge. And they have the power to seriously, they could take all the way to the knuckle, take my finger off. Now, the problem, the funny thing is they wouldn't. Like, they, they stay at the bottom of the pond. They wouldn't bother me, I'm sure. But it'd be my luck that I'd be relaxing in this Zen moment. I'd have my little fingers dangling and they'd pull one of them off. Jill, this is amazing, right? So this is like you're talking about swimming in the wild at your house. I go to the lake. It's literally a couple of small minnows and ducks. So when you're swimming, I basically just get like like a mallard will swim past me as if to say, what the fuck are you doing in here, you psycho bitch? Piss off. (laughs) 
get out, or get out. Did you know I'm just shitting this water? Because yeah. <laughs> it swims past it's pissed. It's like, this is quite warm. And I mean, it's slipstream. <laughs> Duck piss. Oh, my God. Here's the Wim Hof chick. Hurry, everybody, pee. So, yeah, so this, that's why I do it. So I do it basically to challenge myself. And that's why I do it. Because I started listening to your podcast and I was like, fucking hell, Jill, this is amazing. She's doing a podcast. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Now, I left the radio in 2016 and I was quite wounded from everything that happened. There was an awful lot that went on, but I don't want to dive off too much. So I thought I actually left and went into the car industry then and started selling cars. But I bought a microphone and hid it in a cupboard, right? Like a, I've got, I'm looking at her now. She's beautiful. She's a, she's a blue Yeti. And, um, and I really like to talk into this muff, as you can tell. <laughs> right. So I, by the way, muff is vagina in, uh, in the UK. I don't know if it's the same, like front bum, like Beatles bonnet, Punani. Anyway, so um, I, I was like, right, I'm going to put this in a cupboard. We just gained like 10,000 listeners and we lost 10,000 listeners just with that. I love it. Keep going. So basically, you know, I kept this microphone in the cupboard and thought, right, I'm going to do a podcast. I'm going to do a podcast. And I saw you launch yours. And I was like, oh, let's listen to Jill's. Amazing. I was like, fucking hell, Jill, this is brilliant. And I kept messaging you saying, oh my God, Jill, amazing, amazing. And then I was like, oh, who's she talking to? And then your guest speakers. Now I follow a lot of coaches anyway. So I was like, oh, I'll follow some of Jill's friends. Look at these. Who are these people? And started going through and following your friends and like looking at coaches, listening to different podcasts, listening to other podcasters and sort of getting a feel of it. I was definitely not going to do it. I was too scared because like the microphone was like a fucking red flag for me. And then I went to see a psychic. Have you ever seen a psychic, Jill? Oh, you yeah. see one? Mm-hmm. How many have you been to see? I had a, a not so good experience twice with psychics in person, but then I have a psychic who I haven't had on the show yet, but she was highly recommended by someone who was on the show. And she's the only psychic in the world she'll work with. And it was amazing. I mean, I talked to her probably 10 different times in the last two years. It's pretty amazing. And I I did have one other psychic reading over the phone, a woman from India. She's a seventh generation psychic from India. And she, by the way, Sally, she was recommended by someone. And I just had some questions for her. And I said, so I've got this this book. And this was two years ago. She's like, I don't see a book. Oh, no, this was three years ago. I don't see a book. And I said, you don't? I said, I'm telling you, I'm writing this book. This is, I'm sorry, it was a little over two years ago after I left my other career. And so I thought I was going to write a book. Remember, I've been talking about it for four years. You know what she said to me? Actually, what I see, I, I can quote her. She said, she had this heavy, thick accent. And she said, actually, what I'm seeing and I'm, what I'm certain of is you're going to be speaking to women all over the world in many, many different countries. And I said, yeah, I'm not interested in being a speaker and flying around. And she said, somehow you're going to be in those countries, but you won't get on an airplane. And I said, what? And I thought she was crazy. And she said, I said, what am I going to be doing? And she said, breaking them from fear state, breaking them from fear state. She was talking about the podcast. Oh, Okay. Fuck me, Jill. Right, listen to this. And I know for a fact you've not listened to episode one of my podcast yet. And quite no. frankly, you should take yourself into your pink room and slap yourself on the vulva, right? <laughs> I'm such a bad friend. Okay, so she knows that I was so excited about her podcast and I listened to the trailer and I was like, oh my God, I have to listen. And I started listening to one episode and never finished. And she just called me out in front of all of you. <laughs> I've noticed that I'm still sharing love with you though, because yes. I adore you. But you know, like I said... Take yourself off into that pink cream of yours and slap yourself between the legs. Right. So this is interesting because I had the same experience. So I went to see a, a psychic that was just couldn't have been like further from the truth. I think she must have been sat with somebody else and not me. And then I went to see another woman and she kept telling me that she was blown away by my energy. And I was like, oh, sorry, do you want me to, you know, what, what do I, I don't know what to do. Have I upset you or something like this? And she was like, no, no, just I'm really just overwhelmed with you. And then she said, um, she didn't mention the radio at first because obviously the radio was like radio was a huge part of my career. And she said to me, you've got a microphone in the cupboard at home, haven't you? I was like, mm. how the fuck does she know I have a microphone in a cupboard at home? And she said, yeah, you need to get that out again, Sally. She said, you're not going to be on the radio. You've, you used to work on the radio, didn't you? And I was like, nearly sick in my own mouth. And then she said, but you're going to take that. And I don't know what, I don't know what's going to happen, but you're going to post it on the internet. So that's what you're going to do. And you're going to speak to thousands and thousands of women mm. and you're going to laugh with them and you're going to cry with them. And that is what you're going to do. Mm. And I just sat there and went, I want to start a podcast. Anyway, it took me 
about a year from buying that microphone to actually launching my podcast in January this year, I launched it January this year, which is called Adventures of a Geriatric Mum. Because I am 44. I had Roman when I was 40. Um, I started trying for kids when I was 36. But I had to go through IVF. So on the second round of IVF, I struck gold. But the whole time throughout the whole process, um, on my notes, it said geriatric mum, geriatric mum. Even in the labour unit, when I was having Roman, it was like, well, you are a geriatric mum. And I was like, mm. oh, <laughs> breathe. <laughs> this. Um, so I just thought, you know what? You can be a geriatric mum at like 29 now, I think, depending on what country you live in. But I thought, you know, what? I'm just going to embrace that, that label that I've been slapped with. I'm just going to embrace it. And so I initially thought, right, I'm going to do a podcast called Adventures of a Geriatric Mum. I'm going to talk about infertility because it's been a huge part of my life because I'd like to add that I am trying for a second baby at the moment. But because my egg reserve is low, we are going through egg donor. But the egg donor system in other parts of Europe is completely different to the UK. It's very complicated in the UK. So we're going to try and go to different parts of Europe. But at the moment, it's on hold because of COVID and all this craziness that's been going on at the minute. Anyway, there's so many other women who've gone through shit like I've gone through. And then the more and more I started talking about it, I realized it's not just about the egg and the sperm. It's about everything from career, from stresses, from relationships, from every, from fucking childhood trauma that all is involved from using Tampax. I, oh, yeah, I'm sorry, but I don't use Tampax anymore. Do you use Tampax? Does that have a personal question? I don't mind talking about vaginas. Do you and vulvas? No. <laughs> Tell them why. Tell them why. They're poison. I hope you don't mind. I've said the word cunt and I hope you don't mind me saying the word cunt. I was a bit rude then. My husband will kill me for using the C word. Only he's allowed to say in our house, but I quite like it because it makes it sound really sexy. <laughs> Oh my God. Why don't you tell everybody why tampons are not good for you? Right. Okay. So I realized this, how much bleach was in Tampax. And so my sister uses a moon cup. Have you ever heard of a moon cup before? We've talked about this on my show before. Yeah. Sticking that cup up there, collects the blood and then you're reaching with your hand up there and no, thank you. Then you're people that do free bleeding. They just bleed away. Yeah. Zoe bought me one and I was like, what the fuck is that? It looks like an egg cup. She went, no, no, no. It's a moon cup. You you squidge it in, you shove it up your, your foof. I went, Zoe, how the hell are you supposed to empty it? Like if you've gone shopping at like the Trafford Centre or like, you know, like a um, a shopping mall, you guys say mall, don't you? If you've gone to the mall, yeah. um, how the fuck do you get, what do you go, go to the public toilet, wash it out in the fucking sink and then go back into the cubicle? I- and she was like, you just don't take it out. And I went, Oh, what happens if oh, no? I can't do that. I couldn't do that. Then I tried non-toxic cotton tampons, but the whole point of you shoving something because uh, American birds, American birds, you, American women, sorry, you guys douche, and that was the whole thing. Like American women douche, but it's surely not all American women douche no. because you're getting rid I've of all never the good flora and fauna up there, aren't you? Yeah, no, I've never done you that. You never do that, and you think tampons? You're shoving a tampon in. You, I mean, you're shoving a tampon up your lady garden. And it's, it goes, it's basically sucking out all of that lovely moisture that's up there. And then you're dragging it back out again. And I was like, what the fuck am I doing? It's covered in bleach and I'm putting it up my vulva. No. So I've not used tampons for years. The pill. I've been on the fucking pill for 18 years. Now, doctors will tell you that's fine. It's never going to affect you. The more research, and listen, I'm not a fucking doctor. The more research, this is me literally asking questions and then questioning the answers constantly. The more research I do into this, it's not a good thing for me been on the pill for 18 years. No. No fucking way. Mm-mm. No way. So on reflection, I'm just like, oh, no, I shouldn't have done that. Uh, because I think it sent my ovaries dormant. And I spoke to a lady, I went to an acupuncturist and I've been through hypnotherapy. I've been through oh everything, absolutely everything you can imagine. I've tried it. Yeah, she said it, it basically sends your ovaries completely dormant because you know, you're know you firing out an egg. But let's be honest with you, I was in that sort of, my mum, God bless Sandra, I absolutely love my mother. But she was uh, trying to live her life through me as in, oh, I couldn't go to university or I had to get married to the first man that I meet. So you go and have fun, Sally, go and have fun. Don't settle down. You go and have fun. So what to do? I went and had fun because so then, you know, you start taking the pill. So yeah, mm. there's all these things, I think that Oh, by the way, can we just get on to periods again, right? Because have you heard of period knickers? Do you have those in the States? Yeah, thanks. 
there's a brand here called Thinks and I just tried them. They're amazing because I'm still, I'm still having my period. I'm in this weird phase where I won't bleed for a couple of months and then I will literally like lose half my blood volume over the course of two weeks. And then I won't bleed for a couple of months. And then I spot, I mean, it's, I, th- I keep thinking I'm in menopause, but I mean, technically menopause is when you haven't bled for 12 months straight, but I keep thinking I'm there and I'm clearly not. But yeah, I've, my bleeding was so bad. I was going through, yes, tampons, super plus tampons every hour and a half to two hours Whoa. with a pad, saturating that and bleeding into the things. It was bad, really bad. I mean, a super plus, I mean, Jill, a super plus tampon must be like shoving a small sheep up your vulva. They are- <laughs> They're in- not that big. <laughs> They're small. They just have more absorbing <laughs> qualities. Oh my God, you're killing me. I can't take it. I'm laughing so hard and I'm sweating. Part of it is my hormones. Part of it is you. Imagine dragging that bloody thing out. That must have been fucking horrendous. It's like pulling pulling a dead bloody mouse out of you. I started. I'm so sorry. It's like a dead bloody hamster coming out. It's horrible. Dead. And bloody and saturated. It's awful. (laughs) Can we just stop with the periods? Look, I don't want to talk about tampons or periods anymore. Oh my God. Okay, so what is the whole thing with crystals in your bra? Okay, so right. So yeah, so the the podcast, that's what I decided to do because so when I was on the radio, I wasn't a very serious radio presenter. I'm sure you can obviously gather that by now. I talked a lot about lifestyle and things that we do in general, you know, like especially things that women do. And it's okay to be a woman and it's great to embrace, you know, your, your, your woman self and everything. And, you know, there's things that we do as women, which men don't certainly don't do. Like I went through a phase of checking my fucking straighteners about four times before I left the house. Like, is it turned off? Is it turned off? Is it turned off? Is it, and then you'd sort of get out the front door, get to the car and you go, fuck, did I leave the iron on? And so these are things that we do because we're running around and obviously we multitask as women. So I used to talk about them on the radio, like eating a banana. Do you eat the very end of the banana no, or not? No. Or do you just eat the whole banana? I never eat the end. I can't do it. So somebody told me once it's where the spiders lay their eggs. And that was it for me. Ugh. Game over. Yeah, exactly. Um, and there's things that we had to do, like as women, you know, we'll go out with the smallest handbag in the world and we used to like just put a lipstick in it, a piece of definitely have the chewing gum, mobile phone, packet of fags. Oh, fags, by the way, are cigarettes. You know, just th- things that, you know, were relatable. That's what I talked about. And I thought, that's exactly what I'm going to put into my podcast. Just being relatable again. But obviously I'm a bit older now. I'm a bit wiser. I am a mum. So crystals are something that I've got into recently and somebody told me to stick them in my bra and apparently I spoke to an incredible crystal woman who is actually she's on one of the episodes on the podcast so you know definitely go and have a listen her name is Vicky Gad she's like a crystal fucking guru she's been doing it for 22 years she uses crystals in her healing and she says never put your crystals in your wallet because money can energy money is energy isn't it anyway and it can be passed on to people like you can pass shitty energy on and so she basically says to put crystals in your bra or put them in your pockets and if you're trying for children put them in your pockets at the close of your womb as well Mm. so i know i know i'm burning palo santo i've started doing that recently or white sage like i smudge the shit out of the house quite often but sometimes it can smell like uh, marijuana and I think the the old pensions next door think that I'm just high on a J. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not some sort of wacky housewife. I've gotten used to incense. I used to hate the smell of incense. I hated it. And I used to be Catholic, which is interesting, but I hated the smell of incense. And my coach Sigrid sent me from some indigenous tribe somewhere, who knows? And I started lighting it. And now I love the way it smells. I can't think what it's called. There's a name of it. I don't remember. Okay, so I've got dragon's blood at the moment, and that is really nice. Like it's a really nice smell. It's from a, it's the sap from a tree, and it's very spiritual and it's lovely. My husband again thinks that I'm part witch, but he just goes with the flow. He's, you know, listen, he's he's a very well looked after man in more ways than I'd like to say. But you know, we're trying for a second baby, so you can put two and two together yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get into bonking, Jill. I've clearly talked about every other part of the body. I won't get into bonking. But that's why I decided to do the podcast. 
I wanted to make people smile because I think that we are living in a day and age at the moment where we seem to have forgotten our sense of humor. Mm -hmm. And that's a sad thing because laughter really solves so many problems. The bad days when you feel like you're having a shit day, when somebody makes you laugh, it can touch you. And I don't mean that in some sort of like perverse way. I mean that it can literally bring on the most incredible sort of sense of well-being and somebody makes you really laugh and you have a good laugh, you think, oh God, I, you know, when you've ever said, God, I've not laughed like in ages, that's really sad because you should be laughing every day. And it's so good for you. It really is. It's so good for us. And it's so good for our everything, our, our physical health and just our energy. It is. It's so good to laugh. And I, I knew a doctor who would recommend to her patients when they were sick to put on some sort of funny movie and lay in bed and laugh. That's what they did when yeah. they were sick. Mm-hmm. You're totally right. I mean, but also I think, you know, through through my own journey of self-development and just sort of learning to just really love Sally a little bit more, I've learned that actually I can be very funny. And there was a time where it wasn't good to be funny, you know, or, don't know uh, or I was a bit of a joker, should we say. But actually, no, I'm actually very funny. So, and I've really learned to embrace it a bit more. And then by doing the podcast, I do talk about, I mean, what was I talking about the other day on one episode? talking about smudging and then I was talking about comfort zones talk about loads of stuff really Halloween's coming up soon isn't it you see now we never used to celebrate Halloween in the UK but Americans are well into Halloween like you guys have pumpkin pie and you put I mean Jill you are honestly the best pumpkin woman on the doorstep ever when your fucking doorstep is full of pumpkins constantly I mean, how you don't get rats, I don't know. <laughs> fall is my favorite season. I say that during the fall season in the Midwest where I live, there's nothing like fall in the Midwest. And I feel like I'm funnier in the fall. I'm nicer in the fall. I think I'm a little better looking in the fall. The food that I make tastes better. Everything is better in the fall. I am a better and nicer person in this fall season. In fact, I'm going to Austin, Texas and to Mexico in a few days and I refused, I refuse to conform to their temperatures. It's like 90 degrees, super, super hot, miserable in Texas, in Austin right now. And I was just thinking of what I'm going to pack. And I'm like, you know, what? I'm going to be inside where there's air conditioning. So I'm going to dress like I would in Indiana. Because once I'm done with summer, I'm done. Like I don't want to bring another pair of shorts out. Other people can't wait for a sunny day. Not me. I love the fall. But I don't celebrate Halloween like I used to. Oh, Sally, I was all about Halloween. But now I think as my kids are older and stuff, I don't really care so much about it. We've never really celebrated it that big in the UK. I remember we used to go trick-or-treating as children. And you, I mean, this is before you could get a store-bought outfit. You'd literally just wrap yourself in toilet paper and cover yourself with a bit of tomato ketchup and you go out as a fucking zombie. And that'd be about it. <laughs> so good. Or actually, yeah. I went out once with, this, with like a white paper. Like I painted my face white. And I had my, my granddad's old station master's coat on and put one of these skull caps on and went out as Uncle Fester. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my. the shit out of the local children. Oh, my God. But it was, yeah. So anyway, yeah. So it's, yeah, that's what I talk about. I talk about lifestyle things, but also I do talk about, yeah, I do talk about fertility and infertility because it's something that I'm still going through at the moment. And so many other women go through and it's taboo. And, that, you know, we, we need to talk more about these taboos that women come across. It's such, I mean, menopause, fucking hell, Jill. Do you know, I, I meant to say this to you the other day. My gran, bless her, she passed away a couple of years ago, but she was 96 when she died. Wow. When she hit into her 50s, she phoned my mum, obviously, which is her daughter, and said to her, Sandra, that's my mother's name, by the way, Sandra, Sandra, um, I think I'm pregnant. And my mum said, "Why, well, well, mum, what's happened? Well, I've not had my period for two months. And she went, no, mother, you're going through the menopause. What's that then? What's that? <laughs> And she genuinely, genuinely, my grandma genuinely didn't know what the, she went, nobody's ever told me about it. This is not far from me. That's like my fucking grandma. Yeah. You know, so how many women just didn't know? You know, they just didn't know this shit went on. Well, yeah. I mean, think about how much younger I am than your grandmother. And I still am learning like what's happening with my body. What should I expect? What? No one talks about it. No, it's just this taboo subject. And it's like, everything else with women. We compare ourselves, we compete against each other. Well, I never had that. I never had that with menopause. I just, just like went right through it and it was just no problem, you know? And then other people, oh my God, it was horrible and I was sweating to death. And But it's only if you dig and you ask, everyone just pretends it's not happening and we just don't talk about it. 
Yes, I have a theory for this. And by the way, like I said, I'm not a fucking historian. I just literally, I, I read between the lines, I think logically. So in the Victorian period, which actually isn't that far away, if you think about it, okay, historically, because we've come across so much technology in the past 200 years that we've had like massive booms. But you could, as a man, divorce your wife when she was going through the menopause. because, And then you could also, you could actually get put into an asylum as well. So you could be second going through your menopause. So women were afraid to say that there was anything wrong. So if you've noticed, the more and more women you probably speak to now, you'll go, hey, how are you? And you just instantly go, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. When you're not fine, but because it's sort of ingrained into us generationally that we don't ever want to be not fine. Mm. We just say, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. And and that's the truth. And that's like you're just saying then. Yeah, some women would just go, oh, yeah, I've sailed, I've sailed through it. Yeah, I was fine. I was fine. Because God forbid there should be anything wrong with them. Yes. And that's women as a whole, isn't it? Now, that's just me just sort of reading between the lines. Oh, it's so because good. if you weren't fine, basically you, you were sent away. Yes. And it reminds me too of what I've said about pregnancy. It's all about the snapback. How fast do you snap back into your old body? Like my my husband is the sweetest person and he still gets mad when I bring this up because he said, I didn't mean it like that. But I'll never forget, he was looking at two women standing next to each other. Both of them were pregnant. One of them has an unusually long waist. That's just how she's built. She's She's tall, extremely thin, like just rock solid muscle, crossfitter and a very long waist. And the other one is just an average female. And he said, oh my gosh, I was looking at the two of them. Someone said they were both pregnant. I couldn't even, I just can't believe she's pregnant. I couldn't even tell she was pregnant. And it's on one hand, that's an innocent statement. Okay, I was surprised she was pregnant because I couldn't tell. But there's also this sort of tone that it's almost like something to strive for, to not look pregnant. How many times do we do that? Like, oh, from the back, I can't even tell that she's pregnant. Like, why do you fucking care? So it's good to not look pregnant when you're actually carrying a human being. Don't you want to look pregnant? And it's a comparison. It's like you're cute until your belly's too big. And then ah, that's just a little bit too much. Now you need to sit down. Oh, I have a whole thing about that. It drives me crazy. Do you know in the 60s and 70s, women were encouraged to smoke to have a smaller child at childbirth? So um, they were actually encouraged. There's actually adverts. You can Google them. Smoking when you're pregnant, it was actually advised by cigarette companies to smoke whilst you're pregnant to have a smaller baby so that the birthing process would be easier for the mother. <gasps> no shit. I know. And that's just, that's our mother's generation, Jill. Oh my, I knew women smoked, but I didn't know it was recommended for that reason. Oh my gosh. Right. I, do you know what? I've not got my phone with me. I'd love a look for it. I found it. I found it when I was at university. I found these sort of really weird. And there was a woman smoking. There's an advert. I've got an image of it now. She's like an advert and she's got a cigarette in her hand. And it's like mothers choose whatever brand it was about smoking and smoking when they were pregnant. Well, yeah. If you look back at pictures of our moms, you know, they all have a martini in one hand and cigarettes in another. But I didn't know it was recommended for that reason. That's just crazy. It was on a fucking advert. I'm sure it was on an advert. I've not made that shit up. I look at so much stuff all the time. Definitely. Do you know what? I'm going to try and find it and send it to you. But yeah, it was, to me, I just thought, why the fuck? I mean, there's so much, you're right about that though. And another thing is, is when people go, yeah, I am, that whole fucking snap back after you've had a baby. It's a competition. (laughs) It is a competition. You're not supposed to look, like the same person I told you my husband made the comment about, I remember that person deliberately posts, as soon as she has baby, she deliberately posts pictures of herself in her same super, super, super tight, skin tight jeans. It is like an anomaly. I've never seen anyone birth a baby, look four months pregnant when they're nine months pregnant, birth the baby, and then literally the next day leave the hospital and they're in their tiny jeans. I mean, I used to be a NICU nurse. I've seen a lot of postpartum women. It is an anomaly, but it's the, why do you post that? There's a reason you're not just posting the baby and you're posting in those jeans because you know that it gets you these certain points. And I can't stand the game that that causes you to have points. And and the criticism for a woman who still looks pregnant, like I remember I had my first child and I remember thinking I was supposed to look like I hadn't had a baby. And I, I was in the hospital and my belly was huge still. And I remember my friend brought her boyfriend, which is so weird, barely knew him, to come up and see the baby. No boundaries, right? And she told me later that he was freaked out 
and said to her, well, if you ever get pregnant, are you going to look like that? Because her belly is still huge and she had the baby two days ago. What the fuck? Oh my God. You know what? That's just undereducated. But this is what we teach though. I don't think he's the minority. I really don't. I had undetected eclampsia during my pregnancy. So I was actually the size of a small barrel. If you've ever seen the original Charlie in the Chocolate Factory when <laughs> Violet Newstead, whatever her name is, yeah. gets rolled into the Violet, you're turning Violet, Violet. And he starts rolling. That was me. Yeah. My ankles were cankles. And I breastfed. I was really lucky. I was really fortunate now to breastfeed for, for six months. And I'll never forget the UPS man arrived downstairs there, and I just finished breastfeeding Roman and popped him into his bed. I came running downstairs. I'd only fed him out of my left tit. My right tit had leaked everywhere. <laughs> I stood there with the t-shirt on and literally the biggest nipples in the world. And, <laughs> and do you know what? I just thought, ah, fuck it. I, thought, like, I genuinely just thought, fuck it. I'm not going to get involved in that game. I knew that from, and I don't know whether it's being an older mum uh, or maybe I'm a bit wiser or maybe because I fought so hard to have him. Yeah, I bet it's all of that. Yeah. And you know, I saw some of these pressures that, and I, I went to something which we call NCT. Now, I don't know what it stands for, but I think it's like national childcare where you, you come together as a group and actually you talk about the birthing process. And it's supposed to be a nice way to connect with pregnant mums. I was the oldest one there. And I did meet some girls that I did connect with, but their worries and their stresses they were completely different. There was like two polar opposites. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's the fact that they obviously had their concerns and their worries and the stresses that were very important to them, but mine were completely fucking different. So my worries and stresses were, I think I'm going to be able to breastfeed. You know, will my milk come in? Uh, just like, uh, am I going to have a healthy baby? Not will it have my nose or will it look like my husband? You know what I mean? Just those things that I, I didn't really care about. I just wanted a healthy baby. That's what I wanted. I wanted a healthy baby, which in the end hand, ended up having an emergency C-section because it never goes according to plan, does it? So it was just one of those things. But you know, you're right. But this is where we are now governed by social media in so many ways. And a lot of people are looking at social media. They're looking at influencers and they're looking at all of these examples. And it's like, it's not, when they call it reality TV, it's not fucking reality no, TV. Thank you for saying that. It's just, there are simply cameras watching people who are not paid actors. Yeah. Right? By trade or by education or training, but none of it is real. None of it is real. I mean, think about it. If I know a camera crew is coming in, you better believe I'm going to have my hair and makeup done. I'm going to have a cute outfit on. So that woman, that person isn't really living that way. It's all fake. Now, I actually, I actually just posted on Instagram today about the fact that I love watching The Real Housewives. And I used to hide that. And I'm like, I'm sick of fucking hiding it. I don't care what you think of me. Think whatever you want. I like it. I like watching those shows. I don't think it's real. And my reasons for liking it are none of your business. Be your authentic self, Jill. This is it. Do you know what, Jill? Like, this is what I love about you. Is be your authentic self. And that's like your Be You podcast is because it's like, I'm going to be unapologetically myself. Now, at the same time, being unapologetically yourself, you're going to offend people, whether you like it or not, that's going to fucking happen. And you accept that. And that's why I love you. And this is where I do find that there are certain people out there who are like, be your authentic self, you know, be unapologetically yourself. But then on the flip side, they're telling people to be themselves and they're not fucking being themselves at all. Yeah. So it's, it's a really weird game. Or Sally, the people who use the be your authentic self or the word authenticity as a license to be a complete asshole. <laughs> okay, so I'm excited for them to get more of this on your podcast, really, because one reason I wanted to have this conversation with you is to share you with my podcast friends, because you are so funny. You're so insightful behind this banter and this, you know, sarcasm and all of that is so much wisdom. I mean, you know that I was in a hole a week ago and you coached me out of that. And you're not a trained coach. You just knew what to do. You reminded me what to go, what to do. You brought me back basically to home base. And I so love that about you. And and so when you listen to Sally, you get all of that. You get the wisdom, you get the humor, of course, which is so important, but also talking about things that most people are not willing to talk about. And I think that's why you're so refreshing and you are, you're unique for those reasons. And so I want them to follow you on Instagram. 
Thank you for those lovely words as well. I just like to say thank you, Jill. That means an awful lot. So I really appreciate those lovely words. I really do. So yeah, no, I'm on Instagram, which is at Adventures of a Geriatric Mum. It literally is just the way it is. And the podcast is all over Spotify, Apple. I think you guys have got a few different platforms in the uh, in the States from what we have. But yeah, you can pretty much get it on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Alexa. And it is just Adventures of a Geriatric Mum. It's really easy to find. Oh, awesome. And when you do listen, will you do me a favor and tag Sally, message her and tell her what you think of it? Because I know as a podcaster, how important that is. And thank you so much, Sally, for doing this. I know that we it took us a while to get here, but we just got into our group. We could have talked for 10 more hours. I think we should do another one in the next couple of months. Literally have a little bit of a reset and put Let's the world do. to rights and just talk about other stuff because I find it fascinating. I love your opinions. I love your outlook on life. And I think it's great. And like, I'm well into voice notes all the time. I could voice everybody. This has just felt like the best voice note, but actually just happening now. It's been amazing. It's been great. Oh, okay. Well, go get into your cold pond and swim with the ducks. <laughs> go get your snapping turtles on. Be, you know, you don't want your snapping turtles on your rack, do you? You'd no, be... I already hardly have any boobs left. I cannot afford to lose anything. Your skinny dipping TK, for God's sake, protect the jewels. That's right. <laughs> All right. Love you. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Thank you, darling. Thanks for having me on. Bye. 